Checkity check, 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 check. We good? Oh, we're good. It was the day before Christmas in bear country. New fallen snow covered the ground as the bear family pulled up to Grizzly, Gran, and Gramps' house. Their car was piled high with boxes, bags, and packages. Welcome, everyone, called Gramps and Gran. Merry Christmas! After lots of big bear hugs and kisses, they took the packages inside. They were home for the holidays with Gramps and Gran. Welcome back to Deep in Bear Country, a Berenstain Bearcast. Happy holidays, Merry Christmas, and what a wonderful week. What a great time to be doing this. This is my Christmas episode, which I am dropping on Christmas Day, by the way. I know you probably won't listen to it. You're probably too busy doing whatever you're doing today, unless you don't celebrate, in which case, <laughs> you're listening to this before everybody else. I can't imagine who all is listening to this today, because you're either sleeping in or you're very, I mean, it's just, I, I, I guess this is just my own self-image. I don't think of myself as being worthy of being listened to on a day like today, but hey, I mean, what, what am I doing? I'm just beating myself up now. That's really weird. Okay. Uh, so what am I doing? I, well, I told everyone that today I was just going to give a brief review of the Berenstain Bears Save Christmas. But then it got into my head that I didn't want to just cover the Berenstain Bears Save Christmas. I wanted to cover the Berenstain Bears Old Fashioned Christmas as well because I kind of covered Save Christmas in the last episode. But I do owe it to everybody to cover. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to cover both of them. It's a special Christmas gifty. It's my gifty to you. It's my gift. My big under the tree, let's unwrap this Christmas. Christmas amazingness gift to everyone. So, uh, well, I mean, if you listen to the last episode, you kind of know what the Berenstain Bears Save Christmas was about. 2003, it came out. Stan and Jan Berenstain, Mike did the illustrations. Uh, you remember Mike complaining about how blown out the colors were and how uh, insecure he felt about just the illustrations and everything. It was his first major Berenstain Bears illustration project. He thought in the, the publishing company overdid the the intensity of the colors he says it looked like a, like a giant candy box when you open it and i'm gonna come right out and say it i like the way this book looks it is garish it is way too bright but it kind of fits the feeling this is a kind of a neat looking berenstain bears book it really stands out on a shelf and it really stands out when you open it it just it it shines off the page. It's 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 glorious. There's some wonderful pictures of Santa, very angry in his workshop, uh, looking at all the bear country shoppers uh, tearing each other to pieces over toys. I just love angry Santa. I love when Mike draws angry bears. It tickles me to no end. Uh, so it's basically the story of how bear country has lost the spirit of Christmas, gotten way too into the art of the like the superficial qualities of Christmas, the decorating, the presents, yada yada. Santa sees this flips out, pulls a, a real Twas the Night Before Christmas cartoon mice Christmas special thing and swears off delivering presents to Beartown. He's like, forget it. They don't get what Christmas is about, which is weird because he is the guy who delivers gifts. You can't really say it's not all about gifts and then you're the guy who does the gifts. Like I find that very hypocritical, but in, like, at least in Twas the Night Before Christmas, they directly insulted him by swearing he didn't exist. Like Twas the Night Before Christmas is more like a, a Santa was really a stand-in for God in that one. This one, Santa's just a stand-in for your like petty aunt. So uh, so we see things like at, at Toys R Bears, the local toy store, bears are fighting over the latest stuffed doll that they all want. 
Uh, their houses are all garish. Santa's getting lists of stuff he doesn't want to give, which is funny because, like, you're Santa Claus, dude. You suck it up. Like, you don't want to give kids video games? That's your job. Li- you you do one thing, man. You have one job. And is Beartown the only place where kids are asking for video games? I don't know. Uh, in any case, he gets mad. He swears he's not going to deliver presents to any of them. But we do get some great shots of brother and sister's Christmas list. Sister wants a Barbie doll, 10-speed bike, a dollhouse, a talking teddy. Number five, though, she wants a PlayStation. Not like a bear station or a... I was going to say play bear, but that sounds weird. Uh, she wants a PlayStation. It's the PlayStation, which I'm just like... Good on you, sis. Uh, she wants a gumball machine, a portable TV, a tape deck, a makeup kit, tennis racket, hockey stick, Mr. Potato Head, a bead set, art supplies, walkie-talkie, a zoo set. It's like nothing unreasonable, I wouldn't say. The PlayStation's probably the most expensive. A brother wants a video camera, a guitar, an electric train, a tether plane, and action figures. CD player, football helmet, rollerblades, and baseball glove, basketball, skateboard, Monopoly game, and magic kit, a remote control car, dinosaur set, computer, a CD burner. Like These are all good gifts. Brother's list is probably a little more expensive. What I don't get is that their lists are like taped together pages and each one has like three or four things on them. I'm like, kids, write a little smaller and you won't need to tape together all those pages. Like there's 20 things on your list. That'll fit on a single loose leaf page. Uh, Also of note, brother and sister are seen writing their lists and they are both left-handed. Amazing. Uh, Mrs. Claus isn't really that put off by it. She's kicking back reading uh, Crate and Barrel magazine and Eddie Bauer catalog. Only they are Barrel and Crate. Barrel, Bear, Bear, Barrel, and Eddie, Eddie Bear catalogs i think it's very amusing so you get they, they all get notes from santa that christmas is canceled uh and uh santa so santa goes missing which is funny because like how do you know santa's missing he shows up once a year if he's not around that's how things are supposed to be uh the news starts reporting on the missing santa including rush limbear uh which is which is which is a thing that exists now in bear town uh we that's that, that is that's canon there's there's a rush limbaugh equivalent Thank, uh, thank goodness. So the bears have done up there. I think their house looks amazing, by the way. It's really hard to get sold on the fact that they're overdoing it when their house looks so amazing. But so what Santa does, Santa pulls a Henry V, as I mentioned in the last episode. He pulls a Henry V, dresses himself as a commoner, and goes walking around Bear Town. Uh, he gets caught in a snowstorm and lost in the woods. Uh, when he stumbles upon the Bear family's house, they bring him in. Uh, well, first he spies on Papa Bear, uh, bringing special bird seed to warm up the birds who live in their, their little birdhouse. And then Papa brings him in, gives him cocoa, warms him up, uh, and shows how they were like, you know what? We realized that Christmas was getting a bit out of hand here in the house. So we uh, we took down all of our decorations. We put up simple handmade uh, decorations. And uh, and yeah, we, we really decided to mellow out this year. And Santa sees that the bears are really good at heart and decides, you know what? I'm going to give... I'm going to give gifts this year. Again, that's your job. It's why you exist. But he decides to give gifts. Uh, he looks at the Cubs list and realizes that now they've changed their list and they're asking for gifts for other people. Uh, a toy mouse for Ms. McGriz's cat, a plant for Ms. McGriz, a hat for male bear, male bear Bill, and something nice for Grizzly Gus because Grizzly Gus just had a fall. It looks like uh, in the illustration, Grizzly Gus has gotten a power drill. Uh, it's like a sawzall drill, which is pretty intense. Not, I mean, no, it's, it looks like a saws. What I'm trying to say is it looks like a sawzall on the box, and it says power drill on the box. So I don't know who to believe. Uh, maybe it's a giant drill with a blade on the end. Uh, but Santa's like, you know what? These people ain't so bad. So uh, they get in their one-horse open sleigh. Uh, the snow is slowed down. They get in their one-horse open sleigh, and uh, they they take off, singing a song called The Soft Light of Christmas. Soft Light of Christmas, Sparkle and Glow. They cast lovely light on the new-fallen snow. 
Uh, and then they see Santa take off in his sleigh, which he, I guess, like, hidden behind a sign, maybe like Marty McFly in Back to the Future. He takes off. He says, I searched for Christmas, he cried, and I found the spirit true. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have work to do. And he takes off. He says, Merry Christmas. It's a good book. It's not great. This isn't an end-all, be-all. This isn't going to be your favorite Christmas book. Uh, Mike had said a couple of years ago when he wrote me the email about it that he found the uh, he found the rhyme scheme to be pretty to be pretty rough in places, and it is. Uh, it, it seems a little a little first drafty at times. Like if you thought about it a little bit longer, you could have made things flow a little bit better. It's I don't know what the cadence is. Da 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 the rhyme comes at the end of every second line. Santa Bear was angry, upset, and annoyed. If things don't... Well, this is one that doesn't work. Santa Bear was angry, upset, and annoyed. If things don't change, he thundered, Christmas will be null and void. Okay, just, it's, it's clunky. That's my biggest complaint. Otherwise, it's a, it's a solid book. It's a, it's a sweet little Christmas tale. And how do the bears save Christmas? By just being good people. And isn't that the lesson from the Berenstain Bears? Like at the end of the day, just be good people. So uh, the Berenstain Bears save Christmas. As Mike said, I believe it's out of print, but you can find copies of it. Uh, or is it out of print? Is this one out of print? Oof, I'm going to check for you right now. Um, Berenstain Bears... I just hit B on my computer and Berenstain Bears pops up. Berenstain Bears Save Christmas. Uh, looks like it's out of print. So you are going to have to buy a used copy, but it's worth having. It's, it, it, I mean, I just I think it's worth having. It's a pretty book. It's large format, hardback. Uh, you, you won't regret buying it. I, that's, that's, that's the fill guarantee. And if you do, what can I tell you? What can I tell you? So on to the piece of resistance for today. The 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 reason I woke up in the morning. It's the Berenstain Bears Old Fashioned Christmas from 2012. And this is one that I was I was gonna say this is one that's still in print, but I, I think it's still in print. Let me just double check before I go running off at the mouth. Berenstain Bears Old Fashioned Christmas. Yes, it is still in print. For some reason, my computer some for some reason my computer is convinced that I am a native Spanish speaker and it is having to, it's it's putting everything in Spanish and then translating it into English for me which is weird so uh hardback books get listed as hard pasta and I don't know why I don't know why I thought I'd fixed it apparently I did it um so the Baron St. Bear's Old Fashioned Christmas, it is in print. Uh, you can find it online. You can order it from your favorite bookseller. Uh, and so what is this book about? Well, this is 2012. Uh, it's Jan and Mike Berenstain. And this is a this is a gorgeous book. This is a pretty book. Uh, it, uh, the colors are not as garish as as uh, as the Berenstain Bears Save Christmas. Uh, Mike's, I assume this is Mike's drawing. I cannot be sure. I have been fooled in the past. So whoever has done the illustration, uh, it looks good. These look good. Uh, you get a lot of you get a lot of fun bear emotions and a lot of fun bear activities. And the plot is really simple. And I really like this because it doesn't try too hard to be a meaningful Christmas book. And as in, in doing that, it becomes a very meaningful Christmas book. Um, so this is about the Bear family, uh, Mama, Papa, Sister, Brother, and Honey, all go to Grizzly Gramps and Grands for Christmas, for Christmas Eve. They're going to spend the night and have Christmas the next day. And uh, uh, Gramps and Grand have unplugged the television. They're going to have an old-fashioned Christmas. Now, right there, there's a bit of a threat when you're a kid because you're like, oh, goodness, what, what are they What are they having? Like, what is going to happen to me? What What is this? Where is is my TV show. And I like how they handle this because what it shows, the whole point of this book is that there's a lot to do at Christmas time. There's a lot to do when you get around to celebrate. This isn't just like we're just going to do play some hokey games. It's like there's there's responsibility here. There's things to do to to make sure the next morning is is something to really enjoy. 
Uh, there's also a kind of a running gag going through this that I like. But uh, so let's take a quick look. So the first thing they do is they, they notice that there are handmade ornaments made out of pine cones, corn cobs, nuts, berries, twigs, and leaves. You see this wonderful illustration of these handmade uh, little, little, there's like a, there's like a, a bear with a sack. It must be Santa. There's an angel. There's a, there's a, there's a person on skis, a reindeer with a red nose, a bird, a squirrel, and a turkey. They're all made out of, out of, it looks like some of the things are made out of are gherkins. It's really weird. Uh, once a dried corn cob uh wood nuts uh maple tree seeds maple tree seeds uh, different color fallen leaves i'm gonna hand it to whoever whoever did the illustrations in this one gorgeous just gorgeous handmade crafts i, ho I hope you're getting the idea that i really like this book already so uh, we also see the line that, that uh, and if you didn't grow up in a household with handmade ornaments, it's, it was a thing. Like I grew, when I was a kid, we had Christmas ornaments or not just ornaments, like decorations that went around the house, uh, many of which were very funky and old. And I don't know if like they had been made by like my mom or uh, family members or if they had just been purchased in the 70s or 60s when that was kind of a thing that people like really did. But we had this nativity scene. It was just a Jesus, Mary and Joseph, but it was a nativity scene that was made out of dough that had been shellacked and it was kind of freaky man and we had a uh we had another nativity scene that was made out of some, i don't remember what it was but uh that thing got it ended up getting broken to pieces eventually but we had a lot of christmas ornaments on the trees that were handmade so yeah handmade decorations very cute very very splendid and not and not just something for kids to do this is a little a little hobby a little craft that uh that, that this book has captured very well so the kids start banging on the piano and Grizzly Gramps is like, no, 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 no. I'm going to, this is, you don't just have to bang on this piano. This is a player piano, which is funny because on the cover of the book, we see the Bear family all gathered around Gramps' piano singing songs. And the inside, we see Grizzly Gramps at that piano. Uh, it's that same piano, but now it's a player piano. It's clearly not a player piano on the front. It's clearly a player piano inside little discrepancy but i'm gonna let it go did you know any have you known it did you do you have a player piano did you ever know anyone with a player piano i had a friend in high school we we dated briefly but i had a friend in high school who did not it was not destined to be but i was happy in the relationship she was not that's how things go we broke up around new year so you know i say we broke up she dumped me she dumped me no hard feelings though no hard feelings we still talk she's a very good friend uh, I had a friend in high school who had a player piano. Family had a player piano. I don't know if they still do. They may. I don't live there anymore. Uh, they had a player piano and like in the, in the basement, like the rec room. And uh, it had like, they had like the cabinet with like the rolls, like just a cabinet with all these little like pigeon cubbies, pigeon holes. And each one had, a, had a, like a paper, like a sort of a, a, a almost brittle paper roll. And we weren't allowed to touch them. I think the father would have to come out. Well, I mean, I, the mother could too, but the father was the one who was really passionate about it. And if you, if you wanted to listen to a song he would come he would like sp like spool the roll and then i don't know wind it up how do you work a player i don't know i don't understand it didn't have pedals this one has pedals uh they would flip a switch and the player piano would start to play a song and so gramps starts playing uh, a song on and i think i think they're they're delightful they're delightful and i hope her family still has the player piano and if not i hope it went to a good home uh uh just like my heart did after she broke up with him. Uh, eventually it went to a good home i'm very happy but the Graham starts playing the 12 Days of Christmas. Uh, if you're not familiar with the 12 Days of Christmas, it's a list song about where you list 
what you get each day of Christmas for the 12 days. If you don't know what the 12, I think I explained the 12. If you wanted some background on like the 12 days of Christmas, look at my uh, two years ago. I did a bunch of Christmas episodes where I covered a sort of a different topic in each one. I believe I covered uh, the days, the 12 days from Christmas to Epiphany are the 12 days of Christmas. Uh, and then the days like, like the four, I think at the four Sundays leading up to Christmas, something like that is Advent. Like Christmas is a season if you are like a strict observer of like religious things. Like and all the saints have their days. So like the Christmas is a whole deal. And so the 12 days of Christmas are Christmas to Epiphany. And uh, at, at a time, there was a time when you would give a gift each each day. I assume if you had the money for it. Um, some people do like the days of Yule. I believe in Scotland, there's a song called like the 13 days of Yule. So like there's there's different, it's different traditions in different places. 12 days of Christmas. So it's a list song. Uh, first day of Christmas, you probably know it as my true love gave to me a partridge in a pear tree. Uh, and then each day you list like, then I gave, they gave me two of these things and three of these things. And uh, the way most people know it is, uh, is uh, 12 drummers drumming, 11 pipers piping, uh, tw- 10 lords a leaping, nine ladies dancing, eight maids a milking, seven swans a swimming, six geese a laying, five gold rings, four calling birds, three French hens, two turtle doves, and a partridge in a pear tree. But what's funny about 12 Days of Christmas, you hear a lot of things about it. First of all, it has absolutely nothing to do with the catechism. If you've ever heard the thing where it's like, this is a co- once upon a time, it was illegal to celebrate Christmas or be Catholic. And so like they came up with the 12 Days of Christmas to teach children the catechism. It has nothing to do with the catechism, okay? Just take it from everyone. It has nothing to do with learning. The, it has. It doesn't make any sense. Like it doesn't... Uh, you may as well just teach children. If you want to teach them, all it helps them remember is that there are numbers one through 12. Like that's, that's it. Like it's easier to memorize the catechism than it is to memorize the 12 days of Christmas. Uh, people still have problems with it. Catholics still have problems with the 12 days of Christmas. And so that, that sort of gives light to that idea. So the 12 days of Christmas was a song. Uh, the first printed version of it, the first time we have like, uh, like physical, we can actually physically look at the actual whole song was in uh, the 1780. In 1780, a, a book was published called myth mirth <laughs> mirth without mischief uh mirth without mischief uh i would love to read to you some of the stuff but there's a copy of it online that you can actually look at like an actual like photocopy of the actual book but it's 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 very poorly copied mirth without mischief it contains the 12 days of christmas the play of the gaping wide gaping wide mouth waddling frog um, love and hatred, the art of talking with the fingers, and oh, it looks like an alphabet made up of people in different poses. Um, school, you must study your book for to learn, but when the school's over, let mirth have a turn. How, what a joy in the 18th century. Mirth without mischief. Basically, it's a book about having, how to have a good time without ticking anybody off. Uh, well, the first real thing after the front front piece is the 12 Days of Christmas, sung at King Pepin's Ball. And all we have is is the words. Um, the first day of Christmas, there's no on, by the way. It's just the first day of Christmas, my true love gave to me a partridge in a pear tree. The second day of Christmas, my true love sent to me, it's sent to me, sorry, not gave to me, two turtle doves and a partridge in a pear tree. And it goes on like this, uh, uh, three French hens, four collie birds, not calling birds, but collie, C-O-L-L-Y, no no one can really agree on what the collie birds meant. Some people think it's like a, a an archaic a, a corruption of an archaic term for blackbirds. Four collie birds, uh, five gold rings, and this isn't cumulative. This is just you have to rem- like. I mean, it it is cumulative. I guess it's cumulative. Uh, uh, five gold rings, uh, six geese a laying. We know that one. Uh, seven swans a swimming. Uh, eight maids a milking. But here's where things get weird. Uh, now, so in the original p- printed version, uh, the way it ends up being is it's it's uh, twelve lords a leaping, eleven ladies dancing, 
uh, 11 ladies dancing, 10 pipers piping, and 9 drummers drumming. Now, of course, we know it as 12 lords a-leaping, nine, uh, 12, 12 drummers drumming, 11 pipers piping, 10 lords a-leaping, 9 ladies dancing. It got all screwed up over time. But this is the original one. Uh, what was the melody? We don't know. This may have been a chant. What we can figure out is that this was originally uh, what is called a, like a... Uh, how do they how do they phrase it it's a it's a it's a game and it is a oh there's a term for it um well it's basically it's a penalizing game like you 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 you're supposed to go around person to person at a party and each person adds on another thing and as soon as you screw up you you get penalized you're out of the game or you have to like pay a forfeit which is like you have to give a kiss or a little gift or something it's a it's just it's a it's a it's a party game it, and kids still play games like this like i went to the store and i got an apple i went to the store and i got a, a banana and an apple i went to the store and i got a carrot a banana and an apple and like you go around like it's that game uh then over the years uh, people added different melodies to it and that's one thing that i find fascinating is you can actually find uh they started printing up like in the in the 19th century, you start seeing uh, printed versions of the melodies, and they're very different uh, in in the way they in the way they sound. Obviously, people in different areas had different ways of singing it, um, and they're also very different in the way they list the the animals. Uh, so for a while, collie birds became canary birds. Uh, pipers piping became ships a sailing. Ladies dancing became ladies spinning, and uh, lords a leaping became bells a ringing. Uh, which you know it, it all fits. Uh, French hens in the in the in the 1860s became fat hens for a while, and partridge in a pear tree actually shifted to partridge and a pear tree in some versions. Which okay, you're probably bored out of your mind. I love it. Also, things got really violent for animals. Uh, uh, ladies dancing became badgers baiting, or bears a baiting, or hares a running, or bulls a roaring. So uh, in one version of it from the early 1900s, asses racing which you know those are donkeys but still makes me think of people having to poop a lot um here's a weird one kitteridge in 1877 published a version where instead of partridge in a pear tree it was uh some part of a juniper tree which sounds very vague and like maybe you could have come up with something better uh or a very pretty peacock upon a pear tree which was late 19th century you're probably bored out of your mind i love this stuff but the version that we know the version that became the 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 was the uh, on the first day of Christmas? I choose this into me. The twelve days of Christmas song that we all know and love is actually from 1909. Uh, in 1909, uh, a very famous singer and songwriter, and a little bit of a little bit of a I won't say he wasn't a he wasn't a folklore a, a folk song like collector uh, known as Frederick Austin. He was an English composer teacher. Uh, he's probably best known for uh, he reconstructed and restored the Beggar's Opera. Like, which was kind of like a lost play for a while and a lost like operetta, and he like put it back together. So, uh, and he like mounted like the first production of Beggar's Opera in a long time. Like, he, so, Frederick, he was a known quantity, uh, published it, and he's the one who gave us the five golden rings or five gold rings. He's the one who did that for the first time and gave us the melody, uh, adapted it into, into, uh, a from a traditional melody, uh, and, uh, and published that. And he, he reordered everything and gave us like the version that we all know and love. That's 12 Days of Christmas. Uh, you've probably heard hilarious versions of it, uh, throughout your life. Uh, but, but, but just know that like it has this, it has this history. It was a game that kids played. And of course, even though we know it from 
Mirth Without Mischief. Like, that's our first proof. We also know from other writings that this song went back uh, at least 100 years prior. Broadsides had been printed. There was, a, there was like a broadside that in the in like the mid-1800s was referred to as like a, a, an already 150-year-old broadside uh, that had the lyrics on it. So uh, whether it was a chant, whether it was a dance, whether it was a, a, you know, like a nursery rhyme, this song existed. It's got a history. Gramps starts singing it and everyone's like, shut up. Shut up. You can't sing, Gramps. Shut up. It's a long song. We don't want to hear it. So they go out to cut down a tree. They go into the woods. They yell timber and they cut down a tree. They bring it home and they're like, oh, let's, what are we going to decorate it with? And Gramps says, well, I have these old uh, ornaments that I call bear looms, which is funny because there's no reason for that. But they call them bear looms. Bottom at Roof Grizzly's General Store. I believe Roof Grizzly's General Store is the same general store that was mentioned in the Berenstain Bears Get the Gimmies. When you find out that Papa used to throw tantrums at the general store, uh, which is pretty funny. And Papa's like, all right, I did have the gimmies when I was a kid. So this is all Roof Grizzly. We've heard of him. Long dead. Long dead by now. Like he had a grizzly. He had a general store when Gramps was a young bear. Uh, cost him six cents a piece. But then there's a page on how to make your own Christmas ornaments. Uh, there's a photo ornament where you cut out a picture of yourself and paste it on the paper and tie it up with string. A pine cone tree where you paint a pine cone with white paint to look like snow. Uh, there's a twig star where you tie twigs into a Christmas star. There's a way to make an angel out of shells, and you may not have all these, but it shows you, like, you can tell which shells they are. Put it together. There's a way to make a reindeer, a felt reindeer, out of tracing your hand, which... I find adorable and I might have to do. And then there's a Santa face you make out of construction paper, colored paper. And and these are very simple. These are, when I was a kid and I was in elementary school, of course, we this was back in the day when like you still were just like, it's Christmas time. We're doing Christmas stuff, kids. I don't care if you're anything beyond a Christmas celebrator. This is the month of Christmas. We're making Santas. I made a lot of this kind of stuff in elementary school. And of course they don't do this today because it's, you know, not considerate, considering that they don't do other, you know, like they, it's just, it's very weird. Uh, but uh, I would have loved to have made one of these reindeer and I think it's a great thing to do and I'm probably going to try to do it. If I don't, don't hold me to it. But uh, there's one craft in here I will be trying. So they set up the tree, they decorate it, they put the star on type. Gramps is very particular uh, about where to put it. There's a funny thing where he's like, uh, how, Papa's like, how about in this corner? And Gramps is like, no, you can't see it from the other room. And Papa's like, it wouldn't get bumped here. And Gran yells at him. She's like, Junior, remember he's Junior, he's Junior. Junior, you know better than to argue with your father. And he's like, yes, Ma. And I love that he's called Junior by them because it'd be weird if they called him Papa. Like, don't, if my parents ever called me Papa, I'd probably throw myself into the fireplace, which is the next thing. Uh, Gramps lights a fire. He has a way of crisscrossing wood uh, to make a, to make fire. And uh, the house fills with smoke because he hasn't opened the flue. Or as they say here, the damper. We always said open the flue. Uh, I've also heard it damper. Uh, and the damper is open with this gigantic switch on the side of the fireplace. If I saw a switch like this on the side of my fireplace, I would assume the fireplace would spin around and take me into like some kind of weird dungeon. Uh, but nope, just opens the damper. And uh, Gramps is like, ha just making sure you're paying attention. So they start getting the food together. They have pumpkin pie and mince pie, sweet potatoes and stuffed potatoes. And I'm going to say right now, uh, we lost our store. We have a world market that uh, used to be open near where I work, near my office. And it went out of business. It went out of business right before COVID. But uh, if it hadn't, it would have, you know, world market didn't go out of business. Just the store like shut down. I think they just weren't getting the traffic they wanted. But uh, there's still like a world market in town. But each year I would go to world market and I would buy uh, their mini mince pies, the British British mince pies, which I love. Uh, and, I would, and I would heat them up in the stove and uh, enjoy mince pies like throughout the season. It was, they're very, 
very good. They cost like $7.99. They were great. These little mince pies. Uh, and I'm sad this year. I'm actually, I actually got sad because I don't have them this year. And I looked online. I went to, I was like, I wonder if I can order them from their website. Went online. Uh, they're $50 a box online. So uh, I guess they're in demand. Thanks for jacking up the price, world market. I understand supply and demand, but I will not be eating $50 mince pies this year. I will just be sad. So they make gingerbread bears. And there's a page that has Mama, Papa, Sister, Brother, Honey, Gramps, and Gran uh, done up in icing on gingerbread cookies, but not just done up in icing on gingerbread cookies, done up in icing in a way that is decept looks deceptively easy. I haven't tried to make these, but my big thing is, ta-da, ta-da, taran, ta-ra, I made gingerbread cookies last night. Thank you, Alana, for helping me with them, helping me with rolling out the dough and helping me cut them. I'm not a baker. I don't spend much time in the kitchen. I, I, I get frustrated and then I get upset and then I get down on myself when I screw up. And so I don't spend much time in the kitchen, but Alana stepped in and helped me out. She's very good at everything. And one thing she's exceptional at is stuff in the kitchen. She's just so good at it. And she loves baking and cooking. And it, give, it gives her peace. Does not give me peace, but I really wanted to make these gingerbread cookies and have contributed something. So I made gingerbread cookies last night. My intention is to decorate them like the bear family. Uh, and I'm going to do it. No matter how they turn out, I will take a picture and I will post it to the Facebook page and I will post it to the Twitter account at BeStainBearCast. So if you're interested, no matter how, how they go, I'm, I'm putting them out. You'll see brother, sister, honey, mama, papa, grizzly gran, and grizzly gramps. Uh, they will all be the same height. I didn't have different height gingerbread people. They'll also be shaped differently than these. But I also wasn't going to freehand it. Not going to do that for you guys. But uh, but yeah, so I'll, they'll, they'll, there will be something. Don't know what. So uh, dinner's ready. They all, they all sit around to sing 12 Days of Christmas because grizzly gramps got shut down before. You also see him cracking his fingers. So I guess he's going to actually play it and not play or piano it. I don't know. But then carolers come by. And what are these carolers singing? Why, I'll give you a hint. They're singing Deck the Halls. That, I mean, I wasn't going to let you work for it. Deck the Halls. Deck the Halls with Bowls of Holly. Now, this is an old song. It's a traditional Christmas carol. Uh, I believe... I believe it goes back to, yeah, 1862 is when it first, like, came out, uh, as, as far as we know. First printed. Uh, but it's based on a Welsh carol, and not a Christmas carol either, a winter carol, uh, which is, uh, uh, where is it? So the original Welsh carol uh, went, it's just a bunch of Welsh. I'm not going to try to read Welsh, but the lyrics translate roughly to, The best pleasure on New Year's Eve is house and fire and a pleasant family. A pure heart and brown ale, a gentle song and the voice of a harp. Like, it's just a great song. Uh, Do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. Something, 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 singing in Welsh. And uh, and so this guy, Timothy Oliphant, uh, not Timothy Oliphant, Thomas Oliphant. Thomas Oliphant, Scottish guy, musician, artist, author. We know him, we love him. He's so good in everything he's in. Uh, he wrote English words for Deck the Halls. Uh, and let me see, I'm looking at a picture here. So the original, the original uh, Welsh was called, it's called Nos Galen, but I'm sure it, I'm pronouncing it wrong because it's Welsh. It's N-O-S and then G-A-L-A-N. I'm saying Nos Galen, Nos Galen, but it's probably pronounced like Wick Wittershins or something because it's Welsh and like nothing makes sense. Like it, uh, you're like, why did you even use letters? No, I'm not knocking my Welsh friends. I love my Welsh friends. I don't even know if I have any um, because they're very quiet people. I don't know. I don't know anything about Welsh. But uh, 
So he rewrote the lyrics into English and he wrote deck the halls with boughs of holly. A lot of follow laws. Tis the season to be jolly. A lot of follow laws. Fill the mead cup. Drain the barrel. Follow la la la. Troll the ancient yuletide or no. Troll the ancient Christmas carol. Follow la. See the flowing bowl before us. Strike the harp and join the chorus. Follow me in merry measure while I sing of beauty's treasure. Fast away the old year passes. Hail the new ye lads and lasses. Laughing, quaffing all together, heedless of the wind and weather. Now, years later, not very long later, uh, the Pennsylvania School Journal in 1877 rewrote the lyrics to cut out all references to drinking. And that's where we got Dawn We Now Our Gay Apparel, uh, See the Blazing Yule Before Us, While I Tell of Christmas Treasure. Uh, we always learned it, While I Tell of Yuletide Treasure. And I don't know what beauty had to do with drinking, but whatever. And then seeing we joyous all together, as long as as opposed to laughing, quaffing all together, took a lot of the took a lot of the kick out of it. Uh, yeah. And also, I learned it as troll the ancient Yuletide Carol, which I find very very uh, strange that that's changed. Uh, troll also uh, is a weird word. It's an old English word from trolling, which means to uh, to to wander or walk around. Um, also to to move in a circle to turn around uh but also to uh to to pass around a drinking vessel uh but also to sing parts of a song in succession and so i'm not sure which they're referring to it says troll the ancient yuletide carol i assume it's the the singing part but everything else is about drinking so i don't know i don't know what i what i do know is that this is an old song, and you can you can definitely tell that it's a song you're supposed to be. Yeah, da 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 da. It's a drinking song. Um, so yeah. Uh, also, if you look at uh the earliest, oh wow, the earliest versions of the Welsh and English lyrics are the earliest English lyrics paired to this melody were Oh how soft my fair one's bosom, fa la 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 la. Oh how sweet the grove in blossom. Fa la 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 la. Oh, how blessed are the blisses, instrumental flourish, words of love and mutual kisses. Fa la 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 la. So uh, that dates back to the 1700s. So, um, woo! All right, gets a little steamy up in here. That is not what the good the uh, that the carolers are singing in Beartown. They're just singing "Deck the Halls with Boughs of Holly." Everyone goes in, has some eggnog, and speaking of the old lyrics. Um, Gramps invites them in. The carolers are like, yeah, yeah, we're going to get some eggnog. Papa says, do you do this every Christmas? And one of the carolers says, yep, we always get stuck at Gramps' eggnog. So there's a little something in that nog, and it ain't just holiday cheer. All right, so now it's getting dark. The carolers leave, and Farmer Ben comes by, and he's he's riding in a one-horse open sleigh. And he's like, hey, everyone, get in. This one horse can... Can I can load up seven additional people into this sleigh and demand my horse pull them. And they're all like, great. And they're like, well, what should we sing? And they say, well, obviously, we're singing the Jingle Bells. We're singing Jingle Bells, everyone. Yes, Jingle Bells, uh, originally published under the title The One Horse Open Sleigh in 1857. Um, no one really knows why it was written. Some people say it was a Sunday school song, or some people say it was a drinking song. What we do know is that it is a sleighing song. Uh, I was actually singing it out loud to myself in the car today on the way to Target. You didn't need to know that. But I was I was thinking about it, and I'm like, 
Jingle Bells is a sleighing song, which is just a song about let's get in the sleigh, let's ride around, let's enjoy the winter. It's uh, it's it's really a, a the like a nineteenth century equivalent of like a of a like a teen hot rod song from the from the nineteen fifties or sixties. Like it's because it's you know there was all these songs about like my 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 awesome car and I'm gonna go pick up some girls and zip around uh, in my T bird or like you know like that kind of song. That's exactly what Jingle Bells is uh, because it's dashing through the snow in a one horse open sleigh. And they're singing about how awesome it is to like dash to the snow uh what fun it is to write and sing a slaying song tonight I'm singing a song about riding in a sleigh uh but then the next verses are about picking up fanny bright miss fanny bright uh sitting her down in the sleigh with you and zipping along with her uh but the horse gets into a little bit of trouble slips into a snowbank, and the whole sleigh up turns uh oh no they get in an accident uh there's also a verse which goes a day or two ago this story I must tell. I went out on the snow, and on my back I fell. A gent was riding by in a one-horse open sleigh. He laughed as there I sprawling lie, but quickly drove away. So also now you're getting made fun of by the cooler guy. So now the ground is white. Let's go it while we're young. We'll take the girls tonight and sing this slaying song. Get a bobtailed bay. 240 as his speed. And that means, uh... So 240 is like refers to like doing a mile in 2 minutes and 40 seconds. So you're going at about 22 miles an hour. 22 miles an hour at a at, at just a breakneck pace uh so uh it says here in the in the in the footnotes it says uh it, it suggests that the desired horse of that era was a type later known as a standard stand oh my gosh i can't even read <laughs> i'm looking at this thinking this looks like some german nope it's not a german word standard bread it's a standard bread horse uh which is about a race basically a a, a horse bred for harness racing pulling us pulling a, a a sleigh or a, a carriage at breakneck pace so 244 is speed we'll hitch him to an open sleigh crack will take the lead so basically this song is about how like i got embarrassed i took my best girl out the horse screwed up fell over then i went outside and fell down in the snow and a guy in his sleigh rode by and made fun of me well now i'm getting this bobtailed bay i'm hitching him up to a sleigh with my girls we're gonna go as fast as we can we're gonna go two we're gonna go we're gonna go 240 we're gonna go to mile in two minutes and 40 seconds i don't care how dangerous it is jingle bells jingle bells jingle all the way oh what fun it is to ride in a one horse open sleigh I don't know who Fanny Bright is, but I hope she enjoyed her ride. So, uh, so yeah, so this this became a really a really popular song immediately uh, worldwide. It's one of the most famous American songs like ever ever written. Um, uh, the the author James Lord Pierpont was voted into the Songwriters Hall of Fame. Uh, the original recording of it was in 1889 on an Edison cylinder, but no surviving copies of that exist. Um, the earliest surviving recording was also made on uh, an Edison cylinder made by the Edison Male Quartet as part of a Christmas medley titled Sleigh Ride Party. So, uh, yeah, so it's just it's just a it's just a, a, a very famous song. Jingle Bells. Uh, one horse open sleigh. So it's a sleighing song again, not a Christmas song, just associated with Christmas because of all the snow and all the sleighing. So uh, the bears then come home. They set up milk and cookies for Santa. Uh, Gramps reads Twas the Night Before Christmas. And if you want to know more about that, check out my Twas the Night Before Christmas, Bears Night Before Christmas episode. And uh, Kiss them all soundly, sends them to bed. They drift off to sleep, dreaming of sugar plums and bear dolls and dinosaurs. They wake up this next morning. They have a great breakfast. And they open their presents. And they get new doll toys, dolls, games, books, clothes. Uh, Mama gets a bath set. Papa gets uh, some some long red underwear, which I would love long red underwear, especially if it has one of those doors in the back that you can poop through. I wouldn't use it for that, 
but I don't know how I'd go to the bathroom otherwise. Now that I think about it, because it's like a one piece. I don't know how you go to the bathroom. I guess you do have to use that panel. It seems so dangerous. Anyway, uh, Grianna gets gets some brand new yarn for knitting, and Gramps gets a new bathrobe. And then they sit down and sing. Well, they're going to sing the 12 Days of Christmas, which is Gramps' favorite song, but he's fallen asleep in his new bathrobe. And Gran shushes everyone and says, hey, Merry Christmas. So, uh, so yeah, and there was, a, I'm looking through this. I missed a part. I must have skipped a part. Oh, yes. Uh, they visit the animals in Farmer Ben's stable. I totally, I mean, these pages stuck together. They, they visit the animals in Farmer Ben's stable. They mentioned that it's like the, uh, the stable in Bethlehem. And that's it. That's the only religion we get mentioned in this. I'm not criticizing it or cheering it on because of that. I'm just saying, like, they acknowledge the religious aspect of it. It's a very beautiful scene with all the animals. And then they tell you how to make Christmas treats for your animal friends to hang outside. A pine cone with peanut butter rolled in seeds. A box lid tray that you can hang filled with fruits and nuts. Uh, a dried sunflower head you can tie with a bow and hang up. Dried corn on the cob. And apples stuck with sunflower seeds, which I think is very creative. And a popcorn ball, which you can hang outside. You can give Christmas gifts to your animal friends. It's not too late. Well, I mean, I guess now it is too late. Well, the animals wouldn't know. You can do it whenever. Uh, also, there is, uh, I don't think I mentioned this, uh, the, uh, on top of Gramps and Grand's mantle is Christmas cards. People have sent them. And there's a photo card by the Bear family, which I love. That's really a thing that people do. They they really do. We did it. They send photo cards. It's, it's, it's joyful. I love it. So, uh, and they're also, what I like about this, there also isn't that scolding thing about like, getting presents that the Berenstain Bears Save Christmas gives you that they're grateful for their presents. They're also good people. You know, like it's, it doesn't, it doesn't celebrate or chastise one way or the other. It's like, we know kids are getting presents. This is how the bears do it. It's cool. Uh, and that's the Berenstain Bears Old Fashioned Christmas by Jan and Mike Berenstain from 2012. Again, it's still in print. Uh, it's a, it's a large book, hardback. Uh, I think Mike mentioned it's going to cost you about $12.99 new, uh, which is great. It's totally worth getting. Uh, it's, it's, it's a great book. It's got a few fun crafts without getting too like explainy. Like it just, here's some ideas for things you can do. And again, I am going to make those Christmas cookies. Uh, they would, should be done by now. When you're hearing this, check at Bstain Bearcast on Twitter, or check the Berenstain Bear, what is this show called? Deep in Bear Country Facebook page. See the pictures. I don't know how they turned out. I haven't done them in time, in like physical time yet. So this episode is is the revelation, the revealing. Here it comes. Here's them things. Uh, but otherwise, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for being a part of this holiday season. Thank you for listening to uh, everything. Thank you for just, thank you for surviving 2020 with me. Thank you for, for, for getting us through uh, this year. Thank you for being there with me. Uh, I enjoy the Berenstain Bears. I enjoy doing this show. Uh, I enjoy the feedback I get. I enjoy hearing all of you uh, love the Berenstain Bears. Uh, thank you to Brad and Jeremy for being on the show this year, for helping me out when I needed it. Uh, thank you to my guests from this year uh, for being on the show, for taking the time out of your schedules and being a part of this bold experiment that just seems to be going and going and going. Thank you for putting up with me through my bad episodes. Thank you for putting up with me through my sad episodes. Uh, uh, a lot happened this year, not just COVID, but the civil unrest in the Twin Cities, uh, which was for a very good cause. Um, the, the the frightening fires and uh, the way those affected my neighborhood. It was it was scary at times. It was hard to get through at times, but we got through it. Um, uh, for those of you who who lost people this year for one reason or another, if you if you were experiencing loss, just know that I I'm here with you. Uh, we we we've all gone through terrible things this year. We've seen terrible things. We've heard terrible things, and the year is ending. And I hope in 2021 uh, we see a return to I don't want to say normalcy because. 
for a lot of people, normalcy wasn't good. I think I, I hope for a return to a world where we can start working to make things better for people, for, for the people who need it. And uh, questioning the structure of the world we live in and saying, hey, this isn't working for everyone. Let's figure out a way to make it work for people. We, 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 we live on a giant planet. There's room for everyone. And uh, everyone deserves to live happily with a full belly and a roof over their head, uh, not having to worry about about just the very active that's that's to me that's the thing i want to reflect on at the end of this year so uh thank you for being here with my weird bear show and 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 uh that's it that's it for 2020 i'm not going to do a, an episode next week i am i am going to take a week off from this because i'm i need to get some stuff together and worry about some other things by the end of the year so the next time i see you it'll be 2021 and uh and we're gonna we're gonna have a good time going to talk about some bear stuff so thank you all so much and i will see you all next time deep in bear country